welcome to Conveyancing Matters with Lorraine and Stu. Join us for a chat about all things property. You hear that? Yeah, it's asked me to consent. Oh, have you upgraded your Zoom or something? I haven't touched my Zoom. <laughs> tell, mate. <laughs> wow, how weird is that then? That caught us both by surprise. It's funny what makes you smile on a Monday morning, isn't Thank it? Yeah. <laughs> Right then, I'm assuming we're going to edit that out or should we leave that in? I think we ought to leave it in. Right then. Lorraine, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thanks, Stu. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. So today, um, we're going slightly off-piece, aren't we? Yeah. We're going to talk um, about something that dropped on my desk Friday. It was this book. Oh, I say. Not a practical guide. To it's a practical signing. guide, but the key with this book is not the guide, it's who the author might be. Oh! Oh! Well, <laughs> yes! So, so how come then? What, what's, so what's, what's been going on? Why have you decided to write a book? Well, um, I spent a lot of time over the last three years writing uh, The Practical Lawyer every month, well, most of it, um, which I think has made me a better writer hopefully uh, I can hopefully express my ideas a bit more succinctly but um last summer the 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 land registry dropped the stuff on mercury signatures and witnessed electronic signatures and they sort of slipped them out in a blog and I thought oh god what's all that about and I sort of thought to myself well if I'm saying oh god what's all that about maybe uh maybe practitioners will be too so that sort of planted the seed of an idea to to do a book with the uh, lovely Gary and Tim at uh, Law Brief Publishing. Okay blimey. okay so I'm just going to read out um, the first line um, of your book. The irony of me writing a guide which encompasses electronic signatures will not be lost on anyone that knows me. So I think you might have half answered this question already but but why did you decide to uh, what your first book and choose this as the, the subject matter because it, it was a bit of a bombshell that was dropped wasn't it uh yeah it was and actually that's sort of the point because um as I, well as he says i said in the intro to anybody that knows me in fact have i got my mug yeah i've even got my mug you probably can't see it that it just says be bold or italic um and i got that because that's all i can do from an it point of view that is the limit of my skills what about turn on and off I don't really necessarily have to do that, ah, okay. to be quite honest. Um, but, um, but yeah, but I sort of thought, well, uh, I wanted to write something for people like me around sort of electronic signatures, because this is nothing to do with the tech. It's nothing to do with the software. It's nothing to do with the knob twiddling. All of that side, you know, I'm completely hopeless at. And that's kind of the point, really. And I felt that people in firms that were of a certain age like myself, um, you know, this whole tech thing, this whole witnessed electronic signatures thing, you know, I think it poses a really big risk for law firms that haven't thought about it and haven't embraced it because, you know, lawyers like me uh, often don't know about this stuff and should do really. So I, I sort of felt I might hopefully be the perfect person to write this from the perspective of somebody who's a risk averse and be, um, you know doesn't really do tech that was sort of the point okay so 
if it's not about the tech, you're going to give us a bit of a, a brief sort of uh, guide as to what's in here, what we can look out for. Yeah, I, well, as I say, I've written it for conveyances. And as I said, Stu, what the Land Reg did last summer, obviously in response to COVID, was drop two blogs in May and July. Firstly, the first one said that they would accept uh, Mercury signatures as, as a means of uh, signing a deed for registration. And then a couple of months later, they slipped out again via their blog, because that seems to be their main way of communicating with practitioners, that they would then accept deeds for registration signed using witnessed electronic signatures. Now, clearly there are, you know, um, software providers and case management and app providers out there who have the facility to um, allow people to, to sign documents uh, electronically and, and, and lots of conveyances will be used to that. They'll be used to getting their um, clients signed up, you know, to their terms and conditions, the PIF, you know, maybe even the contract, all electronically, all jolly whiz, don't need to put things in the post, that's all great. But actually, um, this is talking about deeds being signed using witnessed electronic signatures and the land registry have got some really 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 specific requirements in practice guide eight so apart from talking about contracts and deeds and talking about what the signatures are and what they mean uh, i talk about a bit of case law but also i really 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 drill down into practice guide eight and try and help and think for practitioners how to put practice guide eight into uh, you know how to implement it Okay, so um, just to be clear, who's who's the book aimed at? It's aimed at, um, well, firstly, people in law firms who are thinking, I need to identify a platform provider, I need to be able to, um, uh, you know, understand what I need in relation to a platform provider, because that's the land registry's term, basically an organisation that provides a framework to offer uh, witnessed electronic signatures. There's actually only about two or three of them at the moment that actually comply with Practice Guide 8, which is another really important point. Loads of organisations out there that offer, you know, just the facility to, to, to sign electronically, but the Lambridge have got some quite um, specific requirements. So it's, it's people in firms nearer the top who are perhaps, for example, don't have an IT department who uh, need to think about it, but also then the, the, the people below them who perhaps run the conveyancing departments because it's absolutely the case that you know firms are going to have to do things slightly differently and think about slightly different risks so the people that have got to implement it and frankly um you know the you know the solicitors licensed conveyances and paralegals that are being asked to to use witnessed electronic signatures i think need to understand what they are and the significance of them so them too so it's a it's a fairly broad um uh you know, range of people that I think might find it interesting or useful, if not interesting. Yeah, and out of interest, did you have any involvement with the language when you wrote the book? Yeah, I did actually. Um, I, um, well, I came across them in this context at a conference, needless to say, an online conference last year uh, and got chatting to, uh, to one of the guys there. And actually the really nice thing is they, um, uh, sent me because they, they are revising practice guide eight quite frequently so that's another thing practitioners need to keep an eye out for it's 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 far it's moving fast really 
Um, and in fact, I delayed the publication because they were going to make a change that was quite significant. But yeah, so I gave them some um, comments and, and observations and suggested changes when they were looking to update Practice Guide 8, which actually they they adopted, they took on board, which is very nice of them. So, um, so yeah, so I've helped them sort of only in a tiny way, but, um, you know, develop uh, some of the some of the sort of granular things to do in relation to practice guide eight so yeah there's actually some of my some of my words out there in practice guide eight now which is nice and i'm also on their um uh they've got um, a a digital signatures forum and uh you know a much a much broader sort of electronic um you know digitization forum and i'm on that too showing off now aren't you yeah yeah you get me <laughs> Jesus, I'm, I'm not worthy at the moment. <laughs> yeah, stand aside. Stand yeah, aside. Crying, yeah, stand aside. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut to the trace in as well. Um, I've not read all of the book, and I know we've briefly discussed this before on conveyancing matters. But what's the conclusion? Should firms be using digital signatures? Well, I think the thing is, I've I've deliberately tried to take a, a neutral stance because I think it's an assessment of risk. Everything for conveyances is always an assessment of risk. And to be quite frank and, and sort of quite serious for a minute, I suppose, I take the view that that assessment of risk is up to firms to assess. And I think what firms have got to decide for themselves and what you tend to see, which is which I find interesting from the outside looking in, because I don't have you know, I don't work for anybody. I, you know, I don't have a, a stance. I don't, uh, you know, I'm not in prop tech or not in prop tech. I'm not in a firm. I'm not trying to sell anything or sell a big app, I, you know, so I, I feel like, you know, I feel I am on the outside looking in, which I think can be quite a useful place to be really. But, um, but the reality is that what you tend to see is absolute evangelists in relation to, um, software, IT, electronic signatures, the cloud, you know, they see that completely as the way forward and they see everybody else as complete philistines that don't use it. And then at the other end of the spectrum, you get practitioners who are, you know, completely averse to um, anything, you know, electronic and in the cloud, you know, they see they see that as a massive risk. They see the hacking risk as, as insurmountable. Um, and so what I try to do for conveyances because you know there is absolutely no doubt that the pandemic has led to um you know quite a you know quite a, a, a at least a speeding up of the adoption of sort of you know digital processes more generally for conveyances and generally that i think you know frankly can only be a good thing but what firms have to assess particularly in terms of this very very granular point about the electronic signatures of deeds and we are specifically talking deeds here you know transfers deeds of easement that sort of thing you know question mark mortgage deeds i might say but what firms have got to consider is well we are moving from the risk of putting a hard copy of a document in an envelope and sending it to a client to sign and return and if we've never met the client, how do we know that that is the client to a different sort of risk, which is sending a document to a client electronically and getting them following the practice guide eight procedures, I might add, to sign electronically and return it. And it's those assessments of risk that the firms have got to think about. And also, you know, there are different um risks for a firm around using witnessed electronic signatures in particularly about how they work internally um and so it's a very long-winded way of saying to you i deliberately haven't tried to reach a conclusion 
is that just so like, we is that just so we read the book uh, yeah absolutely <laughs> obviously yeah obviously uh, but no i you know i genuinely think it's it's a matter of your client base if you've got a client base for example you know a lot of whom uh, you know, perhaps, frankly, I mean, it sounds a bit ageist, but maybe in a slightly older demographic um, who, um, you know, if you've got a significant private client, you know, client base and you do conveyancing work and lots of people, you know, don't have access to, you know, mobile phones and apps and can't sign stuff electronically, then you might not want to introduce it. If you've got the sort of business where, you, you know, you never meet anybody and everybody's got a mobile phone, then you might be really happy. But there are different sorts of risks to take account of. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head. It's, I think the world's changed so much now, hasn't it? That um, initially when this subject came up, it was all about the risk um, specific to the subject matter. But from a practical point of view, yeah, you've got to start to question now the actual process that we already undertake and sending a piece of paper to somebody to sign is, uh, is, is not a, a non-risk procedure is no, it that's a, and it's a interesting because that's the point i make in the book um well you know interesting it's a relative concept i do understand that um but it's the point i make in the book that uh, and i do a little table it's not a very difficult table and i'm you know and i always say to anybody when i write or lecture or deliver anything you know i've started the thinking i in no way ever you know um profess to, to to have done all of it hopefully it just gets people down the road and there are no doubt other things, but I've done a sort of for and against, you know, of sort of pros and cons of, you know, paper versus electronic. And there's, you know, there's just, and it's very evident there are, when you actually think about it, there are just pros and cons on each side. Um, and one, as I said, one risk just replaces another, but it's interesting when you start to think about it because, you know, a wet ink signature on a piece of paper has always been seen to be the sort of gold standard. But actually, why is that any less, you know, why is that any less risky when you're just sticking a bit of paper in an envelope and, and saying to clients, please sign it and send yeah, it back? definitely. And you know what people are like. I mean, they, you know, lots of clients, let's, let's be serious, however simple your signing instructions, lots of people don't seem able to sign a document in the presence of a witness and send it back without it being problematic. Uh, I mean, I have one quite recently. Um, I might have even mentioned this on a on a conveyance in matters to you where I was locum in and I always check the post coming in and we'd got a signed transfer. I said, oh, we'll file that on the sale file, got that in readiness for completion. And then and you know how some things just kind of percolate. And about an hour later, I thought, oh, is that signed properly? And I went back to the file because clearly I didn't know the file because I was locum in and got it out. And the witness had signed absolutely perfectly, but the signatory hadn't signed it. Yeah, it's amazing, isn't it? Yeah, we see that all the time, you know, where, uh, you know, please sign, add your name and your address. The address doesn't get added or, you know, do not date. Um, I can't think how that doesn't mean anything other than do not date. I know. Do not, do not alter. I can't think how that means do not alter or anything else, but there you go. What can you say? But it's just, you see, but this is precisely my point, And this is why I wanted to really pick practice guide eight apart. Because at the moment, and the land reg do concede that this might change um, over time, but they, they've set a very sort of prescriptive set of steps that need to be followed for um, a document to be signed electronically to, to comply with their standards. Yeah. That's the point. So you've got to, firms have got to go through these particular hoops, which basically means your, your platform provider has got to be land registry compliant. But there are still, I mean, it sounds an obvious thing to say, Stu, but there are still steps to follow 
there are still things that the signatory and the witness must do at the other end remotely while staring at their phones. Um, and that, that issue about you know explaining to a client the things that need to happen and the order that things need to happen in is actually no different in principle. You've still got to get a member of the public to press the right thing at the right time, right time. in the right order with the right person standing next to them. Um, and firms need to think about that and think about how they're going to implement that. So I'm not suggesting it's necessarily difficult when you've got it up and running. And I'm sure, blessing lovely Peter Ambrose, who we've chatted to, would, um, yeah. you know, would, would, would evangelically tell us, you know, how straightforward it all is. And to be completely fair, I'm absolutely sure it is. But that's not the point. I think firms who haven't embraced it, who frankly, I think probably going to need to. Um, it's just, not going to go away, is it? It isn't. It absolutely isn't. And so, and absolutely, that's the direction of travel with the land reg. I mean, I mentioned in passing, you know, their, their digital identity scheme and, you know, there's we've got the safe harbour scheme and we've got, you know, the law commission saying, well, you know, deeds signed electronically are going to, you know, will, will invariably be legally valid if they're ever challenged, if it's done properly. You know, this isn't going away, uh, which also is one of the reasons I wanted to, to do the book now, really. I must say. Did you enjoy writing it? Yeah, I did. I mean, inevitably, um, I never feel as if I've got enough time. Um, but it was, you know, it's quite satisfying actually delivering it to Gary and Tim at Law Brief before Christmas. But as I say, then there was a bit of a hiatus because I'd written it um, and then the land reg blessed them. It was very, very kind of them actually got in touch and said, well, actually, Luang, because they knew I was doing it. They don't endorse the book, I might add, but they were... Um, you know, happy to say, well, actually, Lorraine, we're about to change something, so you might want to hold off for a bit, which I thought was really good of them. So it, it should have come out in March instead of May. But um, and then they did do a big change, which I will actually mention in a sex to you. But um, but it's still actually a little bit nerve wracking when it's out there because you still think, oh, you know, what are people going to think of it? As I say, it's not. Um, uh, somebody I locum for hoped that I was doing something sort of a bit of a bodice ripper. When I said I was doing a book, they said, oh, you know, you're doing a real bodice ripple. I went, oh, no, it's, it's, it's digital signatures in conveyancing. <laughs> oh, OK. And to be fair, it might get somebody going, Stu, but not many. But yeah, so I did enjoy it. But I sort of I would like the luxury of a bit more time, I think. But then, you know, wouldn't we all? As part of the conveyancing companion series, so I'm assuming will, will there be more? Yes, the idea is, uh, yeah, exactly. I do want to do more. Um, uh, so if anybody's got any suggestions as to topics they'd like to see, I'd be very happy to think about them. Uh, yes, but the idea is that um, I, I do do more because the really good thing about Law Brief Publishing, and I say Gary and Tim are absolutely delightful who run the company, um, is, um, you know, that they are deliberately sort of bite size. You know, this isn't, you know, everything you ever needed to know about conveyancing, um, you know, apart from anything else, you know, the conveyancing handbooks out there and it's brilliant and it's the conveyances Bible. Um, and there's no point in trying to compete with that. And, and yeah. frankly, it would never occur to me, to be quite honest. Um, you know, the idea is to try and do sort of bite sized things. And that's Law Brief Publishing's raison d'etre, I might add. Uh, to to you know the the niche things really or the you know the things that well if you just want to know about this particular subject you'll, you'll yeah. just get the book on that but um but I think yeah, some, but I, yeah, some really nice USP because you know we're, we're all in busy lives now so to sort of consume volumes and volumes and volumes of information is difficult isn't it but 
a bite-sized chunk is the one, isn't it? That was, well, that was hopefully the thing. And as I say, and it's deliberately not, and again, I sort of, I mean, it sounds like I'm putting disclaimers all over it, but, the, you know, this is not an academic treaty. Are you a lawyer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's not intended to be, you know, the last word on, you know, the legalities of electronic signatures, because cleverer people than me have done that. And as I say, there are clearly, particularly, for example, in, you know, big city firms or whatever, you know, there are people out there who, who, who are all over this and this would yeah. not be their thing at all. But but it's not written for them. Um, it's very much written for busy, coal-faced conveyances who need to think about the stuff. Uh, find practice guide eight a little bit inaccessible when they first look at it. And I've just literally tried to break it down uh, into, into sort of component parts, sort of in the context also of thinking about you know, the signatures and the deeds and the case law. But actually, one thing I was going to say, Stu, and this is one area that, that conveyances, I think, need to really think about carefully, because, um, you know, in terms of, well, you know, what risk does it represent and why does it matter? You know, why does a firm need to be bothered about practice guide aid? Well, it needs to be bothered about practice guide aid, because if you adopt, um, a, a, you know, acquire a platform you know their services and use witnessed electronic signatures either the seller's conveyancer or the buyer's conveyancer have got to certify in their own name that practice guide eight has been complied with and that certification has to go to the land registry with the buyer's registration and the land registry will rely on that so and that's it's in, and the change they made was um that that could be done by either conveyancer so if you think about it, you've potentially got the seller's conveyancer, who, of course, will have control of the platform because it will normally be them sell, sign, signing the transfer, getting the transfer signed that way. They, the seller's conveyancer, will be certifying to the buyer's conveyancer that they're compliant with practice guide A and the land register will rely on that. So that is suddenly bringing the seller's conveyancing firm right into the frame in terms of reliance in relation to a land registry application. Um, and that was the change they made, which I wanted to wait for because it was quite significant. Um, I think so. And as I say, and I just think firms need to think about it. Yeah, you definitely. Know, that's the point, really. I, I think it's probably a, a fate of conflict, but I do think firms need to think quite carefully about how they're going to do it and how they're going to introduce it. Because if you've got an, a big, big team of people well, who in your firm is going to be able to give that certificate in their name, for example? Everyone, in which case it's quite risky. Just a few people, in which case uh, you've potentially got a bit of a logjam. You've got a bit of a... Yeah. yeah. So um, it's all doable, but firms just need to think about the risk. And if they're thinking about risk, they then need to be uh, considering their practice guide risk assessment and their um, you know, PCPs as a result. Brilliant. Okay, well, <laughs> I'm assuming we're going to put a link um, as to where everybody can get this book uh, in the bio. Yes, yes, we will. Um, I mean, it's available on, um, uh, and in fact, oh gosh, I was so excited to do it. It's actually available on Amazon. I honestly, I, yeah, I mean, to be fair, it's much better to buy it direct from Law Brief Publishing. Um, so yeah, I'll put a link to their website. But what I'm also going to do, Stu, is, um, is a... Um, a webinar and, and the book as a little package so people need to keep an eye out for that so they can get a little webinar on it uh, and the book uh, and a free book as part of the package so 
there's uh, lots lots so i'm quite excited about it really now that i'm talking about it, maybe now i'm talking about it i'm really well, quite glow in your face uh. yeah it is it is actually because it's um i spend a lot of time doing things for other people which i yeah. you know i really enjoy um but it's actually really really nice to do something that's uh, mine brilliant brilliant that's a great way to end Oh, well, thank you. And thanks for letting me hijack convincing matters for my own shameless publicity purposes. I do appreciate shameless. it, mate. Shameless. Absolutely shameless. I'm still waiting for my signed copy. Yeah, well, well I'm, I'm not happy. I'm not happy that I've got an unsignedd one here. Is anybody you know? going to actually um, believe us when we say that, you know, I think you and I have met once face to face about two years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, when you actually get to see me in the flesh, too. Okay. The irony is I will bring a pen and I will put a wet ink signature in it. How's that? A wet ink. I know. The yeah. irony. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't do it digitally for me then. <laughs> no, exactly. I can't. All right then. <laughs> All right, love. Well, thank you for um well, as I say, letting me be, you know, a shameless self-publicist. No worries. Have a nice day. Take care, love. Take care. Bye.